Welcome to Musically Hitched, a podcast featuring the untold stories of entertainment professionals from household names to budding superstars and those still hidden in plain sight. Each life has a soundtrack. Our stories are the lyrics. I'm Zach Reynolds Jr. And I'm Crystal Reynolds. This This is is Musically Hitched. Today's episode features a gifted musician and award-winning sales executive who's cracked the code on how to remain musically hitched while also balancing family, a successful corporate career, and giving back to the community, all at the same time. When Corey Maryland isn't smashing on keys or Hammond, Oregon, he's thriving as a global strategy manager for a company with over 23,000 employees and annual revenues of $10 billion. In short, he's uniquely qualified to help music lovers understand how to successfully handle the responsibility of merging art and commerce. Zach and Corey discuss how to avoid being a starving artist, becoming a master of the things that require zero talent, and how artists can intentionally take their career to the next level via marketing, branding, and building a strong network of loyal supporters by adding value. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to show your support by hitting that plus sign or follow button and leaving a rating and review. We love hearing your feedback and sincerely appreciate you being a part of the Musically Hitched community. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode of Musically Hitched. I'm your host, Zach Reynolds Jr. I'm excited about my guest today, Mr. Corey Maryland. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm honored to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, you know having having this uh, great discussion with you. Absolutely. Everybody who's out there in listener land knows that musically hits is all things music and all things hits to it. So we've got another great guest today who has spent pretty much, I would say, his lifetime from what I know of him. I don't want to take it for granted. I'm going to let him tell his own story. But he has been a musician for as long as I've known him and probably many, many more years past that. So we're going to jump right in with Corey, learn a little bit more about him and what he brings to the table as far as his life, his contribution, both to music as well as to humanity. So, Corey, what would you like to tell us about your first exposures to music? Uh, well, I'm originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. I uh, was born and raised there. Um, I am the middle child of, of three boys. Uh, and my mom uh, is, is the singer of the family. Um, you know, and, and be quite honest, I, I come from a uh, family that's, that has a deep foundation in church. Uh, my uncle's a pastor. My grandfather was a deacon. So, so as far as I can remember, I was in church. Um, you know, my mom sang on the choir. Uh, she's a phenomenal uh, singer. Uh, she led uh, and, and she was one of the main uh, leaders in, in the choir growing up. So, so I had to be at everything. I had to, uh, you know, go to all the rehearsals, you know, all the anniversary, uh, you know, services or concerts. I was there. Um, and so at a, at a young age, I was always exposed to it. 
you know, at the time it was the LPs, uh, you know, they, my mom had a, you know, one of those old, you know, <laughs> this long old, uh, you know, what is it called? It wasn't the, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't the, uh, the older, um, where you, I forget the name of it, but you know, they were basically albums, right. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we, we played a lot of, uh, uh the, the Clark sisters and, and, um, you know, who else, uh, uh, Clark sisters, Douglas Miller, um, you know, a lot of old, old school stuff. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Great. Uh, was exposed to music at an early age. And, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to, uh, you know, play music even at a young age, man. My mom plays the piano. So we had a piano in the house. Okay. And so my mom always was playing and that's really what, what got me started. Uh, just watching her tickle the, the ivories, you know, but wasn't really a, a, a player. I mean, I'm, you know, six, seven years old, right? And and what what really inspired me was drums, uh, believe it or not. So mm. so, but yeah, just to, I didn't mean to go into it, but uh, but yeah, that's really what what got me started. Uh, you know, just raised, born and raised in church, and and that's where where it, it kind of you know started. Okay. Okay. A lot of us, when we were younger, gravitated to drums, I guess, because we just wanted to make noise. <laughs> right. That's one of those popular instruments when you first get started. So you said you were around six, seven, when you kind of noticed your, your yeah. interest in music? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always knew. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why I could tell, uh, I would say, you know, you know how it is. You're in church, and, and you're really just focused on the, the, you know, the musicians, right? And I can remember you know, just watching the, the, the bongo player, you know, watching the drummer and, and trying to imitate what they're, what they're doing. Right. And I'm yeah. trying to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to play like these guys. Right. And uh, so that's, that's really where it started. Um, you know, my mom actually bought a uh, little kitty drum set, which I destroyed, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was able to eventually, you know, um, get them to invest in a, in a you know, a real drum. It was a three-piece drum set, um, but I was able to practice uh, at, at the house. Um, you know, my parents, you know, they were open to the noise. Uh, you know, they, they let us bang. You know, uh, my brother, my younger brother sings as well. Um, but, you know, it was just a lot of, lot of music in our house. And, uh, you know, so I was able to play. You know, it, it was really no time limit. You know, it's, it could be midnight. I could be banging on the drums for whatever reason. It was, it was the craziest thing, you know, when I look back. And I, you know, even to this day, have discussions with my mom. I was like, you guys used to let us play, <laughs> you know, I mean, pretty much any time we wanted to. So, um, but I was able to hone in some skills. And next thing you know it, uh, you know, opportunity open up at the church. Um, I'm probably, what, 10 or 11. I mean, you know, a young youngster and, um, you know, one of the older guys, he saw something in me and, and let me play for one of the choirs. And, uh, you know, so I was the drummer. I was playing every, you know, uh, second, fourth Sunday, you know, out of the month for years uh, at my uncle's church. And that was really where it got started. Um, and I, I did that for many, many years and uh, really started to get pretty good on drums. And uh, so that was, that was what I did. I was a drummer. 
you know, stick bag and foot pedal everywhere I went. And that was my life. Yeah. You know, I was a drummer. <laughs> Studied, uh, you know, Dave Weckl and a lot of the older, you know, drummers. And, and you know, that's what I was, you know, looking to do. So, mm-hmm. so it wasn't to where I started uh, playing, uh, you know, piano and, and organ uh, until, you know, we had, uh, you know, a musician at our church who, uh, you know, who left. And so it was just drums. I used to just play by myself on Sunday mornings. Um, and so we didn't have a musician. So you know how it is. You're just trying to keep the beat. Yeah. But my mom could play piano. So she would play. And then, you know, I'm starting to pick up the keys a little bit, you know, on my own. Um, you know, so my mom was taking lessons. I still remember this to this day. Uh, she was taking lessons. And while she's taking lessons, I'm in the back room showing her what she just learned from her, her, her teacher. And she's wow. like, wow, Corey, you just that? I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, wow. So this is so, the gift. So uh, she was taking lessons. And you were just there for the ride. You were there because you had to be, but you were actually musically connecting in the background, so to speak. I was in the I was in the back room. <laughs> I was in the back room. Uh, we had a little keyboard, a little you know one of those cheap Casios, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I would talk talk her into buying. Uh, uh, when I was a little younger, but again, I wasn't a musician or playing keys. I just I could play any song with one finger. <laughs> that was what I was good at. And I, even to this day, I tell anyone, if they want to learn how to play keys, get good at playing with one note to start off and, and then, <laughs> you know, progress it, you know, and move up to two fingers and, and just keep Yeah, <laughs> right. kind of how I started. So. so completely by ear. So you were yeah. self-taught. You didn't, you didn't take any. Did you ever start formal lessons at all or did you just take it from there by ear? So I, t- I played by ear um, when I was a student at North Carolina A&T, uh, moving a few years ahead. I did, um, you know, take uh, uh, fundamentals of, of music uh, that, that spoke to theory a little bit, but that was about as far. Um, I have, uh, even to this day, uh, I do have intentions to, to you know, at some point, you know, take some, some formal lessons, uh, you know, just because uh, I think it adds so much value. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but up to the point, you know, just the, you know, one class, uh, when I was a student, uh, at a and and it was elective, it was great class, taught me a lot about fundamentals, uh, which was good. I still use some of that t- to this day. Um, uh, but then, you know, there's a lot of self-help, um, uh, books and material out there that's available, um, right. you know, to kind of learn the chords and, and just the basics, right? right. So you're not, you know, know what key you're in and, and things of that nature. So, so when you're playing a band, you quickly, you know, you know, kind of communicate with one another, you know, in terms of playing the right chords. So, but, uh, but yeah, that that was my starting uh, in terms of uh, the music scene. Um, you know, we, you know, we didn't have a drummer, and and I filled in one Sunday. My and this is a true story. My mom played the first half of a song, and I played the second half. She played the first half on the piano on the opposite wow. side, and I came and played the the, the, sec, the second half on the organ. And I, I think that was it. You know, um, I started playing. Um, her her um, teacher 
uh, taught me two songs. His name is uh, Duncan Butler. He uh, passed recently, and he taught me my first two songs ever. And from there, I was able to take those two songs, and and I believe I really believe God um, gave me the insight from from them two songs where I was able to you know understand okay if this chord goes here in this particular part of a song then this chord would go into a completely different song in in a different spot but it fits and it it can work those two songs right and then you know I started uh changing keys uh he taught me a little trick on on how to you know change keys and and from there that you know that's when I uh you know, really started to to dibble and dabble, um, you know, on on the keys. But but still, I was still you know 100% drummer um, because when I went to ANT and in this time frame, we're looking at uh, you know 10th grade, uh, you know 10th uh, to my senior year, uh, well, which I was kind of transitioning a little bit. Um, but um, you know, when I went to ANT, uh, you know, to, to get my uh, my bachelor's, you know, that's where, you know, you know, I had a buddy of mine, you know, he was like, man, you ever think about, uh, you know, joining the uh, anti-gospel choir? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with him, but I was like, I'm not good enough to be on this choir. You know <laughs> what I mean? He was like, man, go ahead and try. <laughs> so what I did, I actually auditioned as a drummer. And uh, so I was a drummer. Uh, for the A&T Fellowship Gospel Choir uh, for the first couple of years. And that's kind of what, what uh, got me started. Um, but when I was on the choir, um, that's when I was exposed to the director at the time, Ryan Jones, and then uh, Rodney Edge, who was a few years older than me, uh, who was uh, now on tour with uh, Anita Baker. And so being exposed to those guys kind of really, really took it to another level terms of uh, my key keyboard playing and that's when I fully transitioned I think my last you know true years of playing uh, drums honestly was probably you know 1995 and I've played off and on you know um, you know in certain settings but not like I did before right I was I was a drummer you know then so gotcha so so yeah, that's that's a little bit of history, um, you know, and uh, you know a little bit of background in terms of you know how I how I you know kind of progress, um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So how would you say your uh, college experience impacted you, you? You alluded to some of the guys that were playing keys. Did you you became a keyboard player before you actually hit a college campus, right? But you had, you had enhanced yeah. your skills during the four years on campus. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was playing. Um, I, I was playing it, you know, uh, prior to, to college. Um, and again, my, my, my focus was really drums, to be honest. But even from a drums drummer standpoint, my skills skyrocketed as well. Um, okay. Being able to sit under uh, some of the guys that were there. So my drumming kind of took off as well. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the collegiate experience you know, it, it impacted me greatly. I mean, it just, it just shot me up quick because, you know, those guys were playing on at a different level. Right. And, uh, right. Uh, and that's, that's one of the things too. You want to get better. You, you hang around guys 
who can play, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, don't mind be, being the weak link. Don't don't take it as a, uh, uh, you know, don't don't take it, you know, to where in a, in a negative sense, but take it as an opportunity to grow and learn. And 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 I was. I mean, I, I really probably harassed them to death, asking questions and <laughs> trying to understand. I was, I was hungry. I mean, I spent, I spent millions and millions of hours practicing. You know, we had a like little room, uh, you know, on campus, you know, where we had all our equipment set up. And I mean, we just camped out in this little room. Equipment was set up, you know, during, you know, after class, we'd go jam you know, uh, throughout the day. I mean, it was just, it was always available. And I mean, we just practiced a lot, a lot of hours. So you developed a <laughs> discipline. A discipline is developing at this point. That's you're, you're competing in essence, whether you want to admit it that way or not, the competition is, is healthy, right? It, it breeds better musicianship oh, yeah. and creativity, ideas that you may have not had right. if you were in a box or if you were kind of insulated right. away from everyone. You're exposed to new chords. You're exposed to uh, different ways of approaching songs and voicing different things. So your musical palette is is expanding. And but there, are there some other disciplines that you would say you picked up outside of music from being in that community of musicians at that particular time in your life? I mean, yeah, there was some disciplines, of course. I mean, it was you know it was um, you know being exposed to to you know, to, to Ryan, uh, who was our director at the time, you know, um, the way he conducted his rehearsals, um, you know, was another area, you know, cause you know, just from, you, you, you tend to think when you're a musician, you tend to think just the music, right. Just, the uh, the instrument, but to be able to watch him, how he, you know, conducted his rehearsals, you know, vocally, you know, that was pretty insightful as well. And, and the di- discipline that he carried and, 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 and required, I mean, he demanded excellence. So I think, you know, that, that discipline of, of, of not settling for, for, you know, just any old raggedy piece of music. I mean, it's got to be high quality. And it was a spirit of excellence that was demanded. And I think that carried over, you know. So if you want, if you want excellence, you got to put in the time. And I mean, we saw it. We lived. We were in rehearsal for hours. You know, folks tired, hungry. I mean, we still in there. You know, going at it. He's still getting on the choir. I mean, I definitely wasn't used to that. You know, you know, not from you know your standard church choir. It's like you you put in your thirty minutes or an hour and you go home. You know, and it's raggedy, right? And like, hey, <laughs> you had a good rehearsal, but no. Ron, Ron, he 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 definitely uh, elevated, you know, my mindset. Like, wow, this is what it takes to to be excellent. And even with the uh, the choir, I mean, we was able to, you know, win awards when we were on tour. And I mean, we was it was great. We competed uh, and, and we we won, you know. And and I think a lot of that has to do with the work ethic uh, that was put in. So so taking that away, you know, it was like okay. If you want to be great, you, you've got to put, put the time in, you know. That's so being great is not about how much you're getting paid because I had a gospel choir experience too for my UNC Chapel Hill days, and I don't remember us ever getting a check for being a part of the choir. Did you guys get paid at, at A&T? 
No, no, we, we didn't get paid. I know um, we had student trainers. Um, so there was like, uh, you know, stipends, you know, uh, you would get, uh, uh, you know, some, some scholarship uh, towards your education uh, for those who would be the quote unquote student trainer, which was a blessing at the time. So we had a great administrative team there. I mean, it was a great, great, uh, great program. Yeah. But and in other was, words, the excellence that you, the gentleman that you mentioned, that's not coming yeah. from compensation. That's he's not oh, oh, he's not just motivated oh, by he's not even motivated by pay at all at this point. Oh, this oh, is a love oh. for music and a oh, spirit yeah. of excellence that is causing oh, yeah. these awards and this attention and the touring opportunities. Because it's again, it's non compensated. You're doing this because you guys are doing this as extracurricular activity. Oh yeah, oh yeah, over yeah. And above is, your academic workload, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is extracurricular. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. So let me ask you some other questions that, that I think are going to really be beneficial to our listeners. I know that you, uh, as being a Carolina guy, uh, you eventually transitioned. You're now in Atlanta, Georgia. So talk to us about what brought you to Atlanta and how have you enjoyed the transition or experienced the transition being an, an Atlanta resident now? Okay. Yeah. So Atlanta, kind of just happened. I mean, it wasn't like this was part of the plan, to be honest. You know, when I when I graduated from A&T, you know, uh, I actually uh, left A&T and I took a position with a company called PPG. And and I actually, uh, you know, relocated to New England. Um, I was in New England for a few years, uh, lived right outside of uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Um, you know, I was there trying to really just build my career. And even when, when I was there, you know, played uh, at a church, uh, a mega ministry, uh, left there uh, and then uh, relocated to Columbia, South Carolina, which I was there for eight years, uh, still okay. with uh, PPG. Uh, so so during that time period, Atlanta was not on the radar at all. I was uh, in Columbia. And then um, after that, uh, there was an opportunity that opened up uh, here in, in, in Atlanta, where I'm currently employed. And they was looking for someone to, you know, pretty much manage one of their one of their business segments. And I had a conversation with uh, one of the uh, it was one of the uh, vice presidents uh, and um, came up and, and met with them, met with the team, a slew of folks. And uh you know, I actually took that position in which I, I now um, I manage one of their business segments. It's about a you know, about a $40 million business um, that I'm responsible for uh, right now. Uh, we've grown, um, but, you know, it's been a great opportunity uh, for me. Um, OK, yeah. so we're not going to gloss over that. Right. So $40 yeah. million dollar business. Now, maybe. The listeners didn't hear that, so I'm going to get you to say that again. You, in essence, oversee, and I'm assuming it's not the whole company, right? Right, right. It's a segment. about just your division that you oversee is actually a $40 million revenue generating aspect. Yes, that's that's correct. So, yeah, I was brought in to, um, you know, really, um, I'm I'm responsible for market share growth. For my for my segment, so and so that's where my strengths have lied. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I do strategy development, and and I'm pretty much the face of of, of our segment. Uh, I 
you know, pre-COVID, I was a road warrior. I would fly out. Uh, I'm like all over. I'm, 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 you know, responsible for U.S. and Canada. Uh, so I would be all over the place, uh, you know, giving training sessions to dealers. We have uh, over 600 uh, uh, dealer network uh, with our organization. And, and, you know, I would go out and, and manage trade shows, uh, do dealer trainings, you know, just all kind of stuff. You know, I'm just speaking, um, giving uh, presentations in front of large groups, just about strategy, best ways to, 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 to grow and impact uh, their local business, you know, with some, some you know, tips and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, providing tools, managed pricing, marketing, you know, a lot of different things to, to make sure that they have what they need to be successful. So that's kind of been my my job uh, here. So and 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 we we've done very well. Um, you know, in the six years that I've been with the organization, uh, we continue to you know uh, increase market share, um, and it's been a huge increase. So I'm thankful for that. I have uh, a good a great team uh, that I work with, and uh, you know it's been great. And I've been able to you know, do that. Uh, and again, this wasn't, you know, part of, part of the, the, the journey. I, I wasn't, you know, trying to get to Atlanta. Uh, when I first came here, you know, it was the most interesting phone call. I got a, a call. I just got here. I was here for two, two, three weeks. And I'm like, Corey, you know, there's a church that needs a musician. I'm like, man, I'm just getting, get my feet wet here at the company. <laughs> And uh, so next thing you know it, they was like, yeah, we, we need an organist. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'll, I'll take a look, you know. So I, I drive out and, you know, I fill in. I sit, sit in on the organ that night, at, you know, one of the larger churches here in Atlanta. And, and um, next thing you know it, uh, you know, hey, are you interested in a job? <laughs> so next thing you know it, you know, I'm, I'm managing my business and I'm playing for this mega church, you know, mega ministry, you know, trying to ensure that uh, musically we're, you know, we're, you know, progressing there as well. So did it for about two years. And uh, so that was quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. Talk to our listeners about what it means to be excellent in a dual role. When you, when you think about managing a $40 million operation for a, a company and also helping to manage and oversee a music department and the level of excellence that this particular mega ministry was known for. Um, How did you balance the two? What tips can you give people for how you approach that particular season of your life? Because that's a lot of responsibility on both ends. Either one of those sounds like it could be a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, uh, you know, time management for sure. Um, And I must admit, it was it was overwhelming. I mean, I can't sit here and say I did it with excellence every week. Uh, I was always trying to figure out how to get creative, how to think outside the box. So I eventually did come up with an idea. It was an aha moment. I, I bought a like a one of those forty nine key keyboards, like little toy Casios, right? Yeah. And and I actually uh, I bought a toy Casio, and so what I would do. I would pack it in my my uh, my carry on bag when I fl- would fly, yeah. and so when I'm you know in between flights or whatever, 
you know, especially if it's a, a, a long, um, you know, uh, layover, layover, whatever, I will pull it out and start working on my material. <laughs> and I, I would do that at the airport and I'll pull it out, put my headphones on and, and, and I will learn music that way. I mean, I did a lot of times I would bring my, uh, my keyboard on my trips with me. Um, and I would, you know, practice in the hotel, um, before I go to bed. So I, I would do that quite a bit. Um, so, uh, even, even, you know, I would keep it in the car with me, you know, even in my commute. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I keep it with me. So at least if I know we key the chords and all that, I'm good. And, uh, so I had to do that a lot. Yeah. So clearly you're musically hits cause you literally walking through the airport on a business trip with a keyboard packed in a bag that you can whip I'm, out I'm, with some headphones. So I'm doing that. Yes. you got to get it done. Yeah. In essence, what you're saying is whatever your post is, you need to right. be excellent all the way around. So if you are going to take on multiple, let's say gigs at the same time, regardless of what industry they're in, but let alone the entertainment industry, you've got to right. be able to manage both set lists. You got to be able to manage both projects, both opportunities, and you don't want to allow yourself to slack off in either. Would you say that you're doing, let's say, let's say you were killing the music, right. but your sales calls were flops. Right. How no, would that no. have impacted you? Yeah, yeah, no, we were still growing our business, um, you know, and I'm gonna be honest, I, I'm kind of wired a little different. I mean, I, I'll, I'll stay up, you know, I'll stay up in the wee hours of the morning um, getting it done. Uh, that's just how I'm, I'm wired. I mean, I, I don't have a choice, but, you know, before, you know, before every gig, right, you know, and, and I took some notes here, right, and, and this is my, my mantra, and, and I don't know if you've seen this, every now and again, I, I will see this, this uh, you know, these, this saying on, 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 you know, your social media platform, but, but it says here, 10 things that require zero talent. And it's being on time, always on time. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, the church I played at, that was a church I played at, which was 45 minutes away. Uh, I have a letter of recommendation from the pastor that says in four years, I don't think, I don't think he was ever late or he was always like, it was like he was the first one here every, every Sunday, right? I mean, that's, that's important to me. Work ethic, your body language, your energy, attitude, passion, being coachable, and doing extra and being prepared, as you just stated. So, those are the things that that I try to really live by. I try to keep keep those things in front of me because, again, those things require zero talent. Zero you do things well, you're gonna succeed, and and that's kind of what I use now. Add the talent to that. Oh, it's all, you know, then you just, you really knocking it out of part now. Right. Right. So, so, so some of those things, um, you know, I, I try to keep with me, uh, you know, when I, when I'm playing and, and trying to manage both, you know, I'm still going to be on time. You know, I'm still going to be early. Uh, you know, I'm still going to be prepared. I got to, I have to do what it takes to do it. If, if I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and I made a commitment to both. I have to, I may have to stay up later than everyone else to get it done. Right. Or 
yeah. up early. I mean, now if I, you know, and, and then, you know, when I'm saying, or when I get to the point where I'm, I can't do it at a hundred percent strength, then it's my job to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to resign because I can't sustain it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. Doing that as well. Right. So in, in essence, knowing when to leave, is just as important as knowing when to take an opportunity. So you can, if when you realize if your standard is excellence and you realize that you, in your desire to be excellent, can no longer produce those results, it is safer and wiser for your personal brand, let's say, for you to kindly, politely, respectfully step aside and don't choke the position to death when it may be someone else's opportunity that you could, hey, here's the torch, I'm passing it to you leave with a good name and a good reputation and move on to the next phase of your life. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, over the course of my music career, you know, if I wanted to get a a letter of recommendation from anybody right now, I know I I can say with confidence, it's going to be a a strong letter. You know, that's intentional. You know, that's intentional. You know, I'm always thinking about that. And again, your brand, you know, you have to manage that, you know? So yeah, I can say that with confidence mm-hmm. with any place I've been at over since, since, uh, since I was young playing drums. Yeah. So, and I think those are the things you, you know, you, you have to, you have to think about that. I don't think a lot of musicians think about that, you know, they burn bridges and, you know, to leave the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, you, I mean, yeah. Like there's a lot of frustrations that happen. There's things that happen regarding our pay, right? There's things that that can cause us to to to, to flip out. But at the same time, you know, you you at least in my opinion, you always want to leave the right way. Leave well. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. A lot of guests. It's not intentional. A lot of times, it's just inter- it's interesting because this life, being musically hitched, requires you to to move. You you know, right. music. The nature of a of a musical life, music is progressive. You don't stay on the intro the whole song, right? Right. You don't stay on verse one. There is a verse two. Sometimes there's a verse three. There's a bridge that transitions us to the vamp. And then there's an outro, right? So music by its nature is progressive. So certainly the carriers of the music gift, those of us that are musically hitched, we have to be progressive in our thinking. So I heard something earlier and I wanted to circle back before we close. You've talked about what the responsibilities that you have in managing what is a $40 million department right. at your, your company while also juggling the role of being a musician. What do you think the C-suite can teach the independent artists about how to manage a business? Because musicians are entrepreneurs. We, we highlight that a lot on this show. And so as you travel, I heard touring. As right. you catch flights, I think logistics. Right. As you carried your instrument on the plane, I thought about preparation. Right. And then I thought about budgeting. All of those things are things that major recording artists and independent recording artists that aspire to be on tour one day are going to have to manage. And and we all hope to be so fortunate to have a tour that would gross $40 million yeah. cumulatively, let alone annually, like the company. Right. So again, my question is, what do you think the C-suite can teach the artist about how to effectively manage and run their music business? 
Yeah, I, I think I think those skills carry over uh, tr tremendously. Um, you know, uh, I actually took a creative economy course. Uh, you know, it was a elective, uh, my last elective uh, in, in completing my MBA at the University of Georgia, and um, and one of the one of the guest artists. Uh, you know, uh, he was a speaker, and. Um, and, and and it was discussed, you know, there's a lot of musicians, right, that, that are that are starving, right? There's a lot of, you know, folks in the arts, the creative space, mm -hmm. talented, but they ain't making no money. You know, what I mean, they're good. And and you know, one of the things you start to realize, you know, is is there's certain uh, skills that haven't been, you know, developed, right? And I, I think if you can hone in on 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 the budgeting, you know, hone in on being responsible, catching your flights, you know, just the the basics, right? You know, the things that require zero talent. Remember the things that we just talked about. Exactly. Yes. You would you will ex excel in 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 this industry, you know. And I'm I'm I have to admit. I am not the most talented guy, and and, and I, I'll tell you one thing that I remember when I lived in Connecticut. I, I was I had said you know I was going to get into the uh, the wedding uh, business or industry. You know I was going to you know I was at least just looking into it, and I was you know what uh, you know I'm gonna play you know for these uh, uh, you know for these various weddings and things of this nature. Get me a band. And so I went to a wedding show uh, and I went up there and and I'll never forget. I walked around and I saw this band. They were, uh, you know, wearing their tuxedos. They had uh, just just phenomenal presence uh, in terms of professionalism. I have to I have to be honest with you. They at the time they had their CDs, the covers, um, you know, the brochures were on point. I mean, they had they had it all. If you it's think, reminding you of your corporate experience right now. You you seeing these guys are entrepreneurs, but you're seeing a lot of similarities to what you absolutely. take in terms of your materials and presentations, et cetera. Presentation was spot on, right? And and I'm gonna be honest, I was like, wow, these guys are about to kill it. You know, these guys are probably gonna just tear it up musically, you know what I mean? The expectation was high because of the, the expectation was high. Marketing material. Because, yeah, because they were in their tuxedos, clean, well dressed, you know, the pins, the, the the logos, everything you can imagine from a corporate standpoint professionally was there. And and I never forget, you know, I, I was waiting to hear them, right? And I mean, there was people in line, by the way, you know, I mean, they were signing up left and right. Hey, will you do my wedding? And I'm looking at the price, the price tag. I mean, it was expensive, man. I'm, I'm like, whoa, I need to get in this. Man, those guys started playing. Bruh, the music was not on that level of excellence. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was not there. Now, they could play. However, you know, there was, um, you know, where the talent was not to that level, um, but but it, it showed me that, you know, 
yeah, it matters, but what matters the most, right? And and so that was the aha moment for me, you know, and it was like professionalism, you know, being on time, being dependable, being reliable. Those are the things that that matter right. to the customer, you know, and that their skill level, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't like what we're accustomed to in terms of that high level of right. right. So it was interesting. So So in other words, these guys had the total package and may have, may have left a little bit of the talent at home. Is that's what, what I mean you say? Left the talent at home, but, but was making big, big bucks. But making money irregardless. So to your Absolutely. point that you made earlier, a lot of artists focus mostly on talent. A lot of musicians focus on how talented they are. And that is necessary because the last thing you want is to have the presentation and as you said, the talent is absent, right? We need both. Right, we need both skill sets to show up to the to the business meeting, right? To the to the board both. table, need right? Both. But if you only have talent, and I'm hearing you say, but you're lacking in marketing materials. If you only have talent, and you're lacking in maybe sales ability, your ability to sell yourself, to sell right. your products. If you're lacking in customer service skills, follow up maybe what we call today would be called social media fan engagement is basically right. customer service in the music business. If right. you're lacking Absolutely. in those things, you could have bukus of, bukus of talent, correct? Absolutely. But you might be sitting at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Watching someone else who's less talented, but extremely gifted in some of those areas and categories we just talked about that Absolutely. the corporate world, you know, of course, awards and, accolades and things come Absolutely. along with people that can, as you say, follow the play that usually requires zero talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking if we can leverage that, better leverage it, mm -hmm. I think it, you'll see your career just continue to, you know, to, to elevate, um, you know, even musically or whatever you want to do, right? I, I think it'll just uh, continue to, to escalate. So. So what would you say to uh, someone who is currently working a nine to five? Because a lot of musicians, I had to do that before I became a full-time entrepreneur in the entertainment business. There's nothing wrong with having a job. There's nothing wrong with being excellent at your job while you do it. What would you say and what advice would you give to someone who's currently juggling a nine to five simultaneously work, while working simultaneously to be the best entertainer musician they can be? What would you say to encourage them so that the seeds that they're sowing in their nine to five life or their corporate life end up sprouting in their music life? What advice would you give to that person? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, be, be smart. Um, and what I mean by smart, you know, these are some of the lessons I've learned. Um, there, there were scenarios which I was commuting um, pretty, pretty far. To, to get to, you know, to my place where I'm, I'm playing or the, the, and I'm like, if you can find some opportunities that's local, you know, within a certain radius, you know, explore those options, right? See, see what's local, you know, be smart. Don't, don't go, you know, eight counties away when there could be opportunities right in your own county, right. you know, be smart. You know, again, you know, we're looking at time 
time is money. So try to be smart with your time. Uh, and those are some of the lessons I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I've gone from a you know one and a half hour commute to 15 minutes now, you know, to, to go play every Sunday, right? So try to be smart if you can, if you can, you know. Um, um, realize there's trade-offs, um, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, so, and you need to know what they are, you know, it doesn't need to be a surprise to you. You know, if you feel like this opportunity is, is that I'm about to take is going to, you know, allow me to miss some of my, my family events, my kids events or, or special moments that you generally need to be at. This, that gig may not need to be the one for you or, or, or that even that job, you know what I'm saying? You have to, like I had an old general manager give me some good advice. He said, manage your career. You have to manage it. And even just most recently uh, in this NBA program, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that was discussed. We have the choice. So you have to manage it and you have to find things that, that, that works best for you and your family or your situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and take ownership of it, you know, versus it just happening. Right. You know, so. Make it happen and adding value to yourself. So, you know, as you, as you're going through your and wrapping up your masters of business administration program, this is another thing that can increase your pay grade. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as, so you're investing in yourself and that investment as all good investments do, that produces a return on ROI. You call it in the business world, right? So yeah, that's, that's important, I think, for artists and musicians and aspiring uh, music business executives to learn. Educate yourself. Take the time to learn the business. So number one, you're not getting screwed. Number two, so you can add value to somebody else, which usually in this business, if you're making money, it's going to translate to more profit. Would you agree? Disagree. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you hit it, uh, you know, spot on. Um, always uh, look for, for ways to, to, you know, invest in yourself, especially, you know, musically, you know, training or, or workshops, you know, whatever you can. Uh, you know, I know we don't talk about this enough. Uh, find a mentor, you know, find someone, you know, that, that you know, has skills or, or, you know, has that career that you're wanting, you know, reach out to them you know the platforms are, are, are available now where you can send an inbox you know LinkedIn LinkedIn is is a phenomenal phenomenal uh, resource for us you know where you can link link up with folks who are doing what you aspire to do and I mean so it's just a something as simple as just reaching out and do you uh, think that LinkedIn is just as relevant it's not talked about in the entertainment business? But there are tons of musicians and tons of entertainers, particularly those that are in decision-making positions or in corporate positions, influencing what's on the radio, influencing what gets Absolutely. put out you know, in the market right now, whether it's film or television or the right. record industry. Would you suggest that maybe some musicians need to spend a little bit more time in that field oh, absolutely. Absolutely. versus always IG or always TikTok oh, to make some new connections? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The decision makers are on LinkedIn. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The decision makers are on LinkedIn. People writing the checks. People writing the checks. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So as we close, Corey, 
how would you say you brought it up right at the end? And I think mentoring is important regardless of what industry you're in, but it's certainly in the music industry. Someone has already done what most people are trying to do. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. If you can find someone who's already done it, why not reach out, like you said, pull them aside, take them to lunch, take them to dinner. How important has building relationships and networking been to your success? Oh, it's, it's been huge. Yeah, it's been huge. I mean, I can remember, I can remember I got a promotion uh, just because it was, you know, I, I remember when I was at PPG, I'll never forget this. It was, uh, we were at, a, you know, an event after hours, right? You know, just networking, networking a room. And I actually talked with the director at the time and we were just having a conversation and I told him what my interests were. He was like, cool, you want to do that? I said, absolutely. He said, okay, I didn't know that. A few months later, guess what? The, the position posted, but guess who got the job? You know what I mean? I got the position. I was wow. to build the rapport, the relationship after hours, the networking, you know, and, and I got the position, even though it had to formally be posted, stuff like that happens all the time, you yeah. know. When you didn't have you didn't have your resume that night at the at the bar, did you? You didn't no, have your resume. No. When you're golfing, like learn to play golf. Go out there with the guys, you know. Just go out there with network, whatever, whatever that means, you know, in your circle or, or your your element, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta network. You yeah. know, a lot of a lot of opportunities are 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 presented, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> oh, you oh, I didn't know that. Well, um, so that happens a lot in, in, in the corporate environment. So, you know, we spend a lot of time networking uh, and, and, and being strategic with it as well, you know, creating what we call a networking map. You know, you, you already have plotted out who you would like to, uh, you know, network with. And, and, you know, you have to, you know, kind of be um, intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Very, very important. Absolutely. One of my favorite uh, people and authors is Dr. George Frazier, who wrote a book called Click. And um, that's very important. We, we, you know, we think about clicks in terms of groups and, and running around in the music business, how, how you get work. But, but you need to learn the skill of clicking with people just in general, because that's right. what networking is all about. It's a, it's a net that is connected, right? Right, right. And it's supposed to work for you. If your network's not working, you get you got to find a new net, right? Right. But at the end of the day, what you're saying is that the more connected you are, so you can't stay uh, in the studio all the time. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Share you can't stay all your Right. You've yeah, got to get yeah, out. Right. You got to meet people because you're building a company. You're building a brand, and brands are supported and invested in by other people. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think it's 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 definitely important, um, you know, to continue to to build that that network, build your brand, and and uh, you know, be nice. You know, I mean, people don't talk about that enough. You know, right. be friendly. You know, <laughs> just call folks and ask them how they're doing. You know, just the basics. When you don't need something, right? Yeah, yeah. Just check up on folks and and how you doing? How's your family? You know, when it's their birthday, it's, instead of, you know, hitting them on social media, give them a call, you know, happy birthday. Right. I mean, it's just the basic stuff, you know, that, that can take you a long way. Again, it's 
there's a lot of things you can do with, with zero talent. <laughs> that is, I mean, I live, I live by that. You know, there's a lot of things you can do before you even get to your, the thing that you're good at, you know? That's, when, that's good, man. And then when you're good at it, yeah. and on top of everything else, you can't help but to thrive. I mean, and, and you know, you want to keep your humility and, you know, just, you know, it's just to remain humble, you know? And, uh, and, and again, uh, it's about all about aspiring others to, to be great and, you know, trying to, you know, remove the, the, the spotlight off of you. It's not all about us all the time, you know, right. it's about helping others, build others, and, you know, pushing others to greatness. Awesome. What's next for Corey Maryland? You know what? That's a good question. I, I think for me right now is investing in my family. Uh, it's, it's my wife. My wife sings. She's an excellent uh, singer. My daughter sings, who's 11. Uh, awesome. She's very talented. So, so yeah, it, I want to try to figure out a way to, you know, help push them, promote them, and, and uh, get them going, uh, you know, and kind of go from there. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, me personally, you know, just continue to, you know, try to, um, you know, grow and learn. Uh, you know, who knows? I don't know what the future holds, but, but I, I do, uh, do see it as, as trying to give back, uh, especially to, you know, uh, college students. I currently sit on the advisory board at uh, North Carolina and Applied Engineering, and it's been great, you know, giving back to the students. I, I really like doing things like that. Uh, and sharing, you know, the story. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't always. I wasn't a great student uh, my first semester. I was on academic probation. A lot of guys don't know that. They're like, what? I was like, yeah. I almost flunked out A and T. You know, keep it real. Keep it real, right? I mean, I keep it real. You know, I was like, yeah, I wasn't focused. I was didn't have my priorities straight. And then my dad, we had a little conversation, <laughs> and it was like, okay, I need to get together. But I mean, but yeah, there's going to be times where you're just going to make mistakes, right? But you know, you grow from it, and and you, 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 you know, you keep moving forward. You dust it off and grow and learn from it. So, so I, I like to continue to work in that capacity, helping others, and you know, trying to build up my family and and friends, you know, with their endeavors, and hopefully some of the resources I have could could be a value and a blessing to them. Awesome, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here from the man himself, Corey Maryland. We talked about numerous things today in this episode. Uh, probably one of those is going to stand out the most is probably zero talent. What you can do with zero talent and then couple talent with it. Those of us that are musically hitched and even those of us that are listening that may not be. And how you can just take off in this industry or whatever your chosen field or endeavor is. Take that word to heart. That's powerful stuff. Corey, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to sit with us and chat, uh, talking all things music and all things business uh, and a little bit of family too. We appreciate you and we're excited about what's in store for you next. And we hope that you'll join us again next week, same time, same place. This is Musically Hit. I'm Zach Reynolds. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, hey thank you for having me. To our listeners, we'd like to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's content, go ahead and hit that plus sign or follow button and leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach and add value to others just like you. We appreciate your support.
This is Zach Reynolds Jr. We look forward to you joining us again for another episode of Musically Hitched.